What should a Christian do in a crisis? You know, it's often today that we hear about individual Christians, people, communities that are in a state of crisis. You know, something's happening, there's pressure on us to do something, pressure on us to go a some certain way. We're experiencing tough times in our lives. And, and the times in the Bible, the books that were written in the New Testament, these churches were no different. They were experiencing times of crisis, and a lot of what's written is written to churches who need an idea of how to respond in crisis. And that's true of what we see in Philippians chapter 1, verses 27 through 28. And it can help us know at least one thing that you can do as a response to a crisis in your life or crisis are going on around you. Uh, let me paint the picture for you about what was happening in Philippi. The church at Philippi for a while has been having kind of a good time in life, kind of a golden era, not a lot of trouble, not a lot of persecution. But then some cracks begin to form in their shell. The first of those is that there's people in the church, specifically to these women, who are fighting amongst one another and uh, have bitterness toward one another and some sowing some seeds of unforgiveness toward one another. And it's really causing a sense of disunity in the rest of the church. The other problem that's began to form at Philippi is there's these guys called the Judaizers that were coming in and essentially were trying to teach the church that in order to become a good Christian, you also had to be a follower of Judaism in the Old Testament. And then the third problem that was coming along that, that the people in Philippi was starting to get bothered by was Emperor Nero. Philippi was a Roman colony, and as a Roman colony, they were supposed to be good Roman citizens. But Nero came along, and he started to demand and push that Roman citizens worship Nero as a god. And so with these three things, this golden era, this good times at Philippi, at the Church of Philippi, they can sense it starting to fade away. And it's causing anxiety among them. It's causing stress. It's causing worry. And so Paul, sitting in prison at this point, has to write to the church at Philippi to talk to them about how they can find joy and comfort in their lives. A person sitting in prison has to write to a church in a Roman colony where to find joy. And one of those is what he talks about in Philippians chapter 1, verses 27 through 28. And he says this, he says, Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you, and that too is from God. So Paul says, only do this, guys. And this word only was emphatic in the Greek. So it's the idea of like, pay attention. You know, if you have ADD, try to focus on this. He says, focus on conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. That word conduct is never used anywhere else in the New Testament. It was a very specific word. And it meant specifically to act like a citizen of something. The Philippians were proud of their Roman citizenship, and they were proud of what it meant to be Roman, and they conducted themselves like Roman citizens. And what Paul is reminding them is when he says this conduct in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, is he's basically saying, hey, don't just be a good Roman citizen, or we would say don't just be a good American citizen, 
or a good citizen of your state or good citizen of community. He said, act in a manner that's also worthy of Christ. Be a good citizen of heaven. You see, sometimes we're in crisis. That's when we see where our priorities really lie. What, where is it that we actually conduct ourselves and how we actually build our foundation on our lives? And Paul's trying to remember, remind these guys, hey, yeah, you might be proud of who you are as Roman citizens. You might be proud of who you are watching this video and the background in your life. But if you are a Christian, the ultimate qualifier for you is that you are a citizen of heaven. And so you should conduct yourself in a manner worthy of that citizenship you have in heaven through faith in Christ. So what does that look like? Well, he tells us two things. It looks like two things, he says in verses 27 and 28. First of those, it looks like standing together by uh, with one mind striving for the gospel. He says in verse 27, uh, Saul, hear that you are standing firm in one spirit and with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. He says, to conduct yourselves worthy and to act like your citizens of heaven means standing together with other Christians. In fact, you could say the main point that Paul is saying here is that staying together with other Christians is how we display that we are citizens of heaven. That's what it means to act like we're citizens of heaven. And it looks like standing with other Christians first by striving with one spirit, one mind for the gospel. Now, Paul isn't saying that we always have to agree. He's not saying that every Christian has to be identical and every church has to be the same. He's not asking for uniformity in our conduct in that sense. He's asking us for uniformity in our theology, uniformity in our mission, our mission is the same. We are to strive as one mind toward the gospel. It was the same word used back then of gladiators in a gladiator fight. You might have a team of gladiators and they had different heights, different shapes, different sizes, different armor, different weapons. But they were to strive together for victory as one in order to succeed. And he says we as Christians to respond to this crisis by standing together with our mission in mind, that with one spirit, we're going to focus on what's most important, which is the gospel. And then secondly, he says it means striving, staying together, and having one spirit, knowing that we're going to face opposition, and not trembling when that opposition comes, because we're standing together. When he says in verse 28, and in no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but a salvation for you, that and that too is from God. He says, don't be alarmed. The word alarm literally meant don't tremble. He says as we stand together as Christians, we can get strength from one another so that we're not trembling. And this in itself, the courage that we have in the face of bad situations as we stand together as Christians is for people who are lost proof that Christianity is real. That when we come together as Christians and we stand together against persecution that's against us or opposition from around us that that is actually and we face that with courage that's actually a sign to people that maybe there's something going on and i need to be a part of it the um words here standing together and not being uh he says not being alarmed it's it's the reminder of like a roman phalanx where they would 
come together as a group of soldiers and the a bunch of Roman soldiers would get together and they'd put their shields right up next to one another. And as long as the Roman soldiers were all in their place and all had their shields where they were supposed to be, no arrow or no or no rock or anything could penetrate that division. But as soon as one soldier decided they didn't need the rest of the phalanx and he he left his place and he went somewhere else, that caused a hole in it. And then when that hole was gone, then those arrows could get in and hurt other people, not to mention the guy that went off on his own could be most certainly destroyed by arrows and other oppositions. Paul is saying, hey, we as believers in Christ, there's, there's a joy that comes from standing together. That we as called as Christians to not just be lone ranger Roman soldiers walking in the battlefield, but to stand together like in a Roman phalanx, realizing that we need one another. And that when one person is missing, that damages not just them, but it damages the whole church. It damages all the other Christians around them. And so the application for us today is first, if you haven't placed your faith in Christ, do that today. Because you can find this confidence, you can find this joy that comes in Christ. You can know that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose from the grave so you can have eternal life. And you can be joined in as part of the citizenship in heaven. But if you have placed your faith in Jesus, then act in a manner worthy of that citizenship. Become closely involved, regularly involved in local church. Join a small group at a local church. You know, come and study the Bible with other believers. Serve and strive as one mind with other believers for the gospel. Because as Paul is saying essentially here, if you are a lone Christian without other Christians standing together, then you are not acting worthy of your citizenship in heaven. You cannot act worthy of your citizenship in heaven outside of the context of a local church with other believers. So get involved today. And if you're excited and you're glad that you're part of a church and you're excited, you want to do that, like this like this video. And if you're interested in a local church, comment, message below. I'd love to help you find one.